Hey, Stephen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, hello. Good to be back. <laughs> so today's topic, uh, we're going to cover the cancer and mm. how to boost it, talking about the immune system. And so maybe we can start uh, in a little background um, for for our listeners and viewers who don't know you. So what's mm. your field of expertise? Um, I'm a, a stem cell biologist, so I spend a lot of time thinking about um, cells for transplantation quality um, and, you know, development of, of new therapies that maybe aren't there at the moment, but we're hoping will be there in the next 10, 15 years. So. Great. Yep. And uh, so with the cancer, what, what is cancer actually? Well, I suppose, you know, the second law of thermodynamics, which is basically, you know, it, it says that the disorder in the universe is always increasing. And we, we tend to see um, maybe ourselves as, as very static entities, but actually, in reality, we're made up of, you know, very dynamic cells that are interacting with each other all the time. So we're, we're you know, a big collection. Of cells that are very dynamic, um, you know, cells that are dividing, cells that, you know, sometimes are, you know, the the DNA in the cells gets mutated and it starts to change slightly, and sometimes that can be a good thing, but for the most part, it can be a bad thing. So, um, you know, when you get mutations in your cells, um, you know, basically under normal conditions, when you're healthy. Uh, the transformed or aberrant cells, like the unusual uh, cells, they they get removed from the system. And this is called oncovigilance. This is your immune system comes in, recognizes that uh, these cells uh, appear strange or appear odd, um, and they remove them. So, you know, cancer is more or less, you know, um, you know, it, it happens. Uh, in all of us, uh, but the difference, uh, you know, as to whether, you know, it becomes a serious problem or not is uh, this oncovigilance, um, which removes uh, aberrant cells from, you know, what happens, you know, when, when there's mutations in our DNA. So, you know, I think that this is one of the important things for, you know, having a healthy lifestyle that supports our immune system. And, you know, like sometimes there's a genetic component. So, for example, if you've got a history of a particular type of cancer in your family, that sometimes, you know, is related to genes that you inherit that make you more susceptible to getting particular types of cancer. But, you know, I, I think in our lifetime, you know, uh, screening for cancers, uh, the technology around screening for cancers has improved for most uh, types of cancers. And, you know, that means we can get to the cancers earlier and then, you know, uh, hopefully treat them. So you mentioned have you mentioned that before that it's the immune system that gets rid of that sort of damaged cells. So yeah. what people can do to, to improve their immune system? Well, I suppose, you know, all the things that, you know, you, you tell your clients uh, on a daily basis, you know, you know, good nutrition, uh, regular exercise, 
um, you know, having a healthy lifestyle that, you know, doesn't subject you to too much stress. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I would steer away from, or, you know, maybe tanning beds, you know, which is basically, you know, you get a tan, but it also can cause mutations in the skin, You're, you know, so you have to be careful how much uh, exposure you have to, to the sun. For example, if you get really bad burns uh, from, from the sun, that's radiation. Um, and that can mutate your cells, DNA and your skin. And then you can, you know, catch skin cancer. Um, you know, so I think, you know, like nutrition obviously has a huge bearing on not only, you know, the kind of uh, bacteria that, you know, frequent your gut, um, but also, you know, the gut itself is, you know, it, it's turning over a lot. So like cells are constantly being made new. And, you know, like if you get mutations in, in your gut lining, in the cells in your gut lining, you know, that can be quite uh, a fast growing uh, cancer. Um, so like this, you know, there's different types of, of, uh, of cancers. There's some cancers that stay where they originally arise. And then there's other types of cancers that kind of frequent other areas. And that's called metastasis. Um, and that's, you know, basically where the cancer goes to other different parts uh, of your body. So, you know, it's, it's amazing really when you think about it, you know, how much research has gone into cancer. And really cancer is a collection of a huge number of different uh, diseases that arise from basically cellular disorder. Um, and, you know, basically cells behaving in a way that normal cells don't behave. Um, so uh, and, what is you know, that behavior like? So you said like the metastasis and they travel, they, they transfer. So what does it do? do? They damage, they infiltrate the other cells and convert them into the damaged cells. And do they have a kind of like aggressive well, attacking sort of uh, functions or how does it work? Well, it, it, there's a lot, lot of different types of cancers for one. So, you know, you can get some cancers that are, you know, virally uh, induced and that might involve like the transfer of a virus, you know, from an infected cell to other cells. And those cells, when they're infected with the virus, you know, behave aberrantly as well and, you know, exhibit, you know, cancer. Um, but, you, you know, I think for, for, for the most part, preventable cancers, you know, relate to, you know, good, you know, having good nutrition, you know, uh, you know, getting frequent exercise, not being subjected to too much stress. And a very important part as well is, you know, getting your eight hours of sleep yeah, a night, because, you know, obviously when your body is, um, you know, is sleeping, that's uh, when your immune system is being most effective in, you know, extricating these cells that, you know, arise spontaneously, but they need to be, you know, removed so that you, you don't have problems thereafter. So, you know, um, yeah. So, you know, and obviously, you know, when it comes to nutrition, you know, having uh, a very diet full of, you know, vegetables and, and fruit, um, you know, is quite important. And, you know, I think there's pretty good evidence that, you know, if you eat too much red meat, that can uh, increase your likelihood of, of getting certain forms of cancer. Um, you know, so the key thing is, I suppose, Keeping you know, balance. 
and, and obviously if if you're obese then you're you know that also uh, dramatically increases your your chance of getting cancer as well so on top of you know other other conditions like diabetes and such how does that work sort of like we know from covid that uh, people who were obese there was higher chance they're gonna have the fatal consequences from that virus so what does it do Uh, it's not just the weight is it something else in the body so maybe perhaps some inflammations or other immune system suppressing well, it, uh, functions it affects a lot of different things you know um it's a constant strain on the body because you're lugging around this extra weight but also if you've got a large amount of um you know uh you know fat around the gut and uh, that can then cause problems for you know things like hormones for example or you know metabolism and you know how the cells produce energy that kind of thing so um you know it's it's best not to have that ring of of fat around your gut um uh, you know it, it you know just it's it's a general stress if you could imagine like a, a car if you're driving the car constantly in a a gear that's too low for the speed that you're driving the car you're going to like the cogs are going to burn out and the clutch is going to go pretty quick and you know i think that's the analogous like you're you're not driving the machine the way it was engineered to be driven you know and i think um you know obesity is you know related to sedentary lifestyle but also maybe uh, you know uh, intake of of too many calories um and you know that that's suboptimal for the overall condition of your body so um smoking is another big one smoking and alcohol you know they they're kind of you know mutagens so they they cause mutations in your cells um so you know people who who smoke uh you know more likely to get you know particular types of cancer including lung cancer and esophageal cancer um and you know obviously you can get you know liver cancer you know with drinking um you know again you know that you're i suppose you're smoking and you're drinking and they perturb your body's natural function um and then you know there there can be carcinogens in the smoke of the cigarettes uh or carcinogens in 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 the alcohol um you know that can cause issues if you if you drink to excess so you know that not, not only you know can these chemicals trigger you know your dna to have mistakes in it uh, but also they can repress the normal operation of your immune system which would you know is there as your defense system against uh you know types of cancer so it all it all feeds into everything like everything that you talk about in terms of you know nutrition good sleep um Exercise. you know having a positive outlook on life you know to mm-hmm. reduce stress i think um you know i think yeah this is all quite important i usually uh, when i'm not already very healthy and usually if i get something it was after like whole week being very tired not sleeping well waking up mm-hmm. too early and you know even when i got my covid in before christmas it was just like two very hard days trained really hard almost felt like i overtrained a little bit and didn't sleep well next day i had it <laughs> you know? yeah so i almost, I, I almost I, such a, I visualize my I- immune system being these guys 
who are just like, if I'm tired, they are tired and they don't do their inside job as good, you know? So yeah. that was a good obvious uh, evidence for me to know lack of sleep, overtraining, burning out a little bit, and then you can't defend mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose, you know, part of being remaining healthy is to take your cues from your body. So if you're feeling off sometimes, you know, obviously, you know, not skipping sessions just because you're lazy. But, you know, if you genuinely feel that something is off, yeah. it's it's good to listen to it. And I mean, that goes for, you know, uh, it's important to get, you know, read, you know, like, um, regular screenings for for cancer if you're you know particular demographic or you know for example um you know there's particular type of cancers that you know come up in your your 40s and 50s and you know it's good to get them checked out for um and it's good you know good to avoid all the you know the the problems you know the the health detractors like drugs or you know sedentary lifestyle or you know, excessive caloric intake, all that kind of stuff. And so. with the chemicals such as carcinogenic chemicals in the food, for example, mm. or in the in the cosmetics, or any other sort of like, so so we 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 you you said it before, like that these amounts are not toxic enough to cause a problem. But what if? everything combined together makes it carcinogenic enough because you said like, oh, if I have my preservatives in the food there, yes, if I have this sweetener in the drink there, then you have your mm -hmm. certain cosmetics have certain chemicals like uh, benzons, benzon, benzonoids, how do you call them in mm -hmm. English? So what mm -hmm. happens when you have them all together and, and have it every day applied and uh, there the runs with the aluminium and it's like the whole kind of chemical exposure just gets sort of like every day it's a cocktail of 20 different yeah, things the, the, does that influence the, there's huge numbers of variables i think one of the one of the biggest contributions is your, your genetic background um so if you've got cancer in your family you know you're you're probably more likely to get it than you know if if there's low low rates of of cancer in your family um think that you know yeah there's clearly lots of different things that are you know can mutate your dna um uh you know even even sunlight taken to excess for example um but you know that there's a lot, a lot of stuff that you can easily avoid like you know for example high processed foods like you know trans fats and all that you know, like margarine, you know, yeah. highly synthetic processed foods, um, you know, they, you're better off avoiding them because if, if nothing else, even outside of the cancer risk, your body hasn't evolved to um, digest those kind of kind of heavily processed foods um, naturally, you know? So, you know, I so, suppose, you know, steering for stuff that, preferably is cooked by yourself and you know is is very simple when you read the ingredients on the packaging it's like you know there's not you know a hundred different ingredients there that it's just like you know chemical names yeah it's like you know like you know oats or something or you know you know oranges or something you know some something that you know are, are minimally processed you know um 
and you know, I think I think the other thing is that you know, with the COVID and you know, with with the, the political situation on you know in in Europe, um, it's important to manage stress as well, even chronic levels of stress. So you find a lot of people who are you know overachievers uh, that they'll tend to have um, you know problems. Uh, they don't look after their health enough and. You know, sometimes then they can, you know, come down with cancer and quite uh, sudden and, um, you know, uh, disturbing way, you know. So, but, you know, on the, on the positive side, I think an awful lot, you know, is being learned about how the body naturally combats cancer, um, you know, and which immune cells, uh, you know, can can detect uh, particular types of cancer cells and how we can assist the body in identifying cancer cells. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, new therapies that are being developed that, you know, harness the way the body naturally, um, you know, combats uh, cancer and tries to help, you know, further. But I suppose... You know, prevention is better than cure. And, you know, everything that, you know, you're saying in your podcast on a regular basis, like, I mean, you know, exercise, um, very important, you know, keeping the balance in the body and stimulates the immune system to, you know, uh, you know, act at its highest level. Um, and then, you know, it's, you know, it's, it all fits together. It's all this holistic program. And, it's a lifestyle. You know. Yeah, the whole lifestyle exactly. of, of looking after yourself on different levels, not just like do this, do that, but how to combine it all together. So that's why education yeah. I think is the key. So people know, you know, like yeah. in the past, maybe you were we, we were in the time where doctors were recommending cigarettes. Now we know the cigarettes are carcinogenic and it was just massive marketing push. So, you know, like now these days we can learn a lot so that's why like you know researching myself as well sometimes you know you find information which is a little bit uh deceiving and manipulative mm. but you know once you get into it you realize where the truth is and you mentioned something there also uh about uh you know the the, the situation in europe at the moment i i think watching too much news and and you know like being completely obsessed with it start to make you feel something is wrong even though in your immediate uh, life this everything is safe everything is okay but because we so many times bring our consciousness and see the images of war we mm. we start to perceive the war in our sort of mind in our consciousness so i'd say also i find myself just to not to like not to ignore it, but also not to overconsume it, just to find a good balance between being informed and between being sort of like dragging yourself down uh, in your, uh, how you feel, you know? Well, I, you know, I, I think again, stoic philosophy would, would creep in here that like, you know, you can do something practical, like for example, donate to the, you know, Estonian Red Cross to help the refugees that are, you know, passing through. Or, you know, the, the Polish Red Cross. Um, but, you know, subjecting yourself to constant updates about, you know, people being, you know, killed in war when, you know, that, that doesn't do those people any good and it doesn't do you any good 
you know, like, you know, it's, it's a, a lose, lose kind of scenario. And if you're putting yourself under chronic stress, um, you know, which doesn't really help the people who are involved in the conflict, then you could suggest that, you know, like what, you know, you, you can take actions to support those people, uh, that, 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 you know, be practical. Um, but, you know, ruminating on things that are beyond your control, uh, you know, is something that leads to increased stress levels. And, you know, it's, it's probably not healthy for you in the, in the long term. Like, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, we need to take, you know, we take we need to take accountability for ourselves as well. And, you know, there can be a, a certain kind of perverse control or perverse kind of uh, sense of stability by, you know, ingesting all of this media. And I think in a few years time, people will say that, you know, what was smoking for the previous generation, I think, you know, people sitting down, tapping away on computers and then taking in all this, because the human brain hasn't evolved to be subjected to constant information. You know, you know, people, people, have evolved to, you know, have periods of concentration for, you know, like uh, for short spurts. And they've evolved to take a lot of exercise. Like we're all hunter gatherers and we, you know, we should be thinking, you know, every so often strategically, you know, where, where, where can I find the next food or where can I avoid the predators? Um, but really, I mean, constantly being super stimulated you know, with media, uh, you know, it's, it's not healthy, you know, people. So that's eat, also a cortisol increasing stress levels. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, your subconscious can't differentiate between you, you know, reading something on your phone and, you know, an actual predator attacking you in real time. So you're just like, you know, you're, you're super stressing yourself out. And I would argue that, you know, if it's not doing any good for the people who are actually, in, involved in the the situation that you're thinking about and it's not helping you, you know, it's, it's not really a very productive way of leading, leading your life, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, good point. You know, it's much more practical to donate money to charity and then have a, a sense of gratitude that, you know, the fact that, you know, you're not in that position uh, and to, you know, you can practically help those people um, but, you know, overconsumption of media, uh, it just, you know, it's just, um, I don't think it's healthy, you know, I mean, like what I do anyway, I mean, for me, I think it's a duty of every citizen to be informed. So, you know, I would take to tend to, you know, spend a few hours on a Sunday reading in depth about, say, for example, what's happening, you know, in the Ukraine at the moment. So I know factually everything that's going on. Um, but, you know, I think constantly watching war on TV or through your phone, I mean, it's, you know, we've just been through a pretty harrowing experience with COVID It's changed all of our lifestyles. And, you know, we have to, we have to look to our own health, um, you know, and I'd say, be, you know, the, the people in Ukraine would be far happier with us supporting them by, you know, supporting the relief effort for the refugees and, um, you know, uh, treating of the soldiers instead of knowing that we're sitting on our phones digesting day-to-day -day everything that's going on, you know? What do you think? 
Yeah, I do agree. It's um, it's uh, almost like you, you feel powerless knowing that we had Soviets coming through, you know, whole Eastern Europe. Uh, it's not like. 100% Eastern Europe, it's almost to the central of Europe, you know, so mm. the whole sort of, as they call it, Eastern Bloc. So <clears throat> my mm. mom remembers mm. tanks coming in um, mm. when she was 17. So yeah, maybe it's like a lot of people like like my mom's age, uh, sort of in 60s, they remember mm. Soviets going through and occupying for 30 years. So I'd say a lot of people have these sort of memories coming back and, you know, like, so we, you know, I would say we all worry a bit about what's going to be the next. So, yeah, but, you know, there are things, as you say, stoic philosophy, there are things mm. we can influence and there are things we cannot influence. And mm. to be able to recognize where your control ends and where you have to really look after yourself in your everyday life and still manage your good sleep, going for exercise, being productive in your work, feeling good, uh, following your passion, you know, being around, you know, meeting the right people, you know, to avoid toxic mm. people, you know, and, um, you know, minding your own business and, you know, not to be, you know, don't be manipulated too much uh, into stuff you don't want to do, you know? I mean, there was one book that, um, it was written by a Jewish psychiatrist who was, um, he was a prisoner in concentration camps in uh, uh, Nazi-occupied Poland. And uh, I think he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And, you know, he talked about, you know, you know, he, his, his, his wife and family were all uh, were murdered by the Nazis in the concentration camps. And, you know, as a psychiatrist, he used to think a lot about how some people would remain sane and how other people would, you know, go completely mad in, you know, under that kind of chronic stress. And, you know, he, what he saw was that actually people who developed, you know, a dark sense of humor, um, you know, pro generally speaking, progressed better. So, you know, it's important to have a sense of humor, even about dark things, because if we joke about something, it puts things in a perspective. If we make one or two things the focus of all our attention, that's quite unhealthy, you know. And you know, I think the you know the other thing that he, he um, took a lot out of, and he noticed that you know the patients that you know could survive uh, under those conditions, they you know they they took solace where they could, you know. So they you know if there was any sort of small. Um, benefits like for example interacting with another uh prisoner or whatever they would look forward to that you know and i think it's it's always important in life to have you know something to look forward to and understand what the the meaning of your suffering is you know and to be you know to have a firm meaning for how you see you, your own suffering so it's kind of it's quite a philosophical book but i think you know it's quite practical at the same same way i think you know, our suffering should be practical. Like, I mean, there's no point in in suffering if it helps you or nobody else. You know, <laughs> you know, if you're going to suffer, you might as well do it for something that means something to you personally and to others around you. You know. Hmm. 
So we quite jumped from <laughs> cancer to the, the the war in Ukraine and, and conflict and, and observing this. But sometimes, yeah. you know, I feel like the way we we treat each other on sort of country to country level, we we behave a little bit like a cancer, don't we? Like the if you look at the microcosm and the macrocosm, it seems like we, we are a little bit of a cancer on the earth as well. You know, if you look at these explosions, imagine the planet as a little uh, like a balloon or whatever it is, and you have mm. these explosions that's happening. It's almost like you have these conflicts there, some kind of like immune cells working against the acts of evil or the viruses. Yeah, well, I think, you know, um, you've got to remember that in all of human history, there's never been less war, murder and rape than there is right now, even though it feels like the world has gone absolutely crazy. We've seen so much cooperation between people, you know, in light of like, you know, the the you know, the, the, the genetic code of the virus was provided by the Chinese and then everybody around the world started making therapeutics to, you know, assist, uh, you know, I think we, you know, the fact that we have amazing in, in information technology where, you know, you know, I'm sitting in Scotland at the moment and we can, you know, I can talk to you based in Dublin. Um, you know, all these things are, you know, hugely beneficial. And, and I think as well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was talking to a friend there yesterday about, you know, the increase in information technology, you know, is kind of making uh, propaganda, propaganda harder to perpetrate, you know, during wartime because, you know, everybody has a mobile phone now and, you know, can take uh, photographic evidence of what's transpiring on the ground. So, you know, you know, obviously, you know, there'll be, you know, the there'll be different perspectives, but, you know, life is like that. Life is always dynamic. There's always, you know, one side coming up against the other. And, you know, I think the w one part of life that you always have to embrace is change, you know, like life isn't static. And, you know, I think just dealing with the dynamic nature of life is an important part of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> it seems like after every big conflict, there's a there's a time of peace and progress, and there's a lot of technological evolution happening during during the time of crisis where the nations, the the people, are forced to innovate a little bit, a little faster, a little bit better. So, for example, I think we've got the internet out of the second world war, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. Well, like resources tend to be focused on strategically important areas, uh, a lot more during wartime because the consequences of not investing are more acute. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I, th I, I think that the world is so interconnected now. We, we, we would have like kind of different types of war as opposed to the kind of, you know, what we're seeing in the Ukraine at the moment, you know, that, you know, there will be, you know, kind of currency wars or, you know, some sort of economic wars and such. Um, but, you know, I suppose, you know, to a degree, you know, that that's always going to be there. And, you know, you could say in the world order, like, you know, India and China, huge populations of people that, you know, 
have been very poor and underrepresented in the world's economies up to this point. You know, they're kind of, you know, obviously they're they're coming up the ladder and you're going to see that, you know, when when they're coming up, obviously other countries will have to go down. You know, it's kind of the balance of of the world order kind of thing. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. You know, the I mean, it's more representative. Cycles of empires being always ups and downs. And as the, every empire started to expand, there was that sort of collapse of it because they couldn't manage to control that amount of land and different mm. segments of their society to not to revolt mm. and not to go like, oh, we don't want this anymore and we're going to take the power back to our hands. So there's always a little yeah. bit of that overexpansion and then collapse. Every big empire yeah, I mean, did that. You know, the thing is, war is always very unpredictable. Like, you know, it probably, you know, you know, even if you have a plan, there's always the human, the, the, you know, the human factor. So, you know, as, as a way of trying to extend influence, it's actually quite a risky way uh, of extending influence. And I think, you know, what, what's really quite, um, you know, life affirming is, is the way, you know, that the sanctions have been levied very, very quickly and, you know, there's a clear, you know, the, the 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 vote in the UN where there was only a handful of countries, you know, uh, that didn't support the proposition that, you know, uh, Russia was being aggressive uh, in the Ukraine. So, you know, all that kind of stuff is, you know, it's kind of life affirming in that, you know, people empathize with other people's situation and, you know, feel a kinship even with people they've never met in, you know, another part of the world and, you know, it's good that, you know, that, that humanity is, is on display in that way, you know, you and know. that, you know, where you were uniting against violence, yeah. wherever it comes from. What I find a little bit controversial, hypocritical is how, you know, now when Russia does what USA was doing last couple of decades, uh, inf mm. interfering and interventing with other countries and invading them. So mm. now, you know, like Russia is basically doing what USA has been doing for a very long time. It's just well, like, you know, I, I think fingers, it, all, it, all, you know? it all depends on the perspective that you take. And I think what we have to do is agree to disagree, you know, and that's why we have politicians. We have politicians there. And if they're doing their jobs right, they are providing an alternative to war. You know, that's really what politicians key function is is that you know they 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 provide an alternative to just you know bombing other people if we don't agree with them um you know everything comes around you know i was, I was just watching there you didn't see uh, arnold schwarzenegger had a video there talking about his his own experience like his father fought for the nazis and mm -hmm. you know they were fighting the, the soviets and you know, he was kind of pointing out that, you know, like the Russian, you know, the Kremlin is distinct from the Russian people. And, you know, the Ukrainians, you know, large part of them are ethnically Russian. So it's it's kind of Russian on Russian violence as well, which kind of, you know, I think has a lot of people from Russia quite concerned as well. Like, you know, so. Yeah, well, then we have to point out the lack, you know, like, freedom of speech and all these personal freedoms, a very dangerous totalitarian 
aspects of it as well, which kind of reminds a little bit of North Korea and all those kind of, you know, stories of gulags and, you know, what we, we, we yeah. had from Soviet Union. So that's scary, you know, even for locals there. Like, you know, some, some, somebody is threatening you with a nuclear weapons and at the same time is denying the truth to his own people. That's yeah. kind of like a rise of uh, dictatorships. And that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, and, and people don't need that. Like, I mean, you know, you know, I, th I think there's certainly a strategy coming from the Kremlin. Like, I mean, they kind of saw, I think, an opportunity after COVID. Um, you know, there was a good time to invade. They thought people would be disunited and, you know. Um, the West will be weakened, maybe, uh, financially, after yeah, yeah. printing so much money to sustain their economy, maybe, like... Uh, it's not yeah. going to be messing in with those, yeah? Yeah, and I mean, there's clearly a strategy there. And if there's a strategy there, there in my mind, there is uh, freedom to negotiate, you know? And as you say, like, you know, some of what, uh, you know, was said about, you know, um, the expansion of NATO, I mean, surely the, you know, the politicians can get in that space and, negotiate that and come to some sort of agreement and you know i think you know turkey now has maneuvered itself to be a kind of an arbitrator between the you know the ukraine and, and russia and mm -hmm. um i think hopefully that I, i really hope that that starts kind of people talking and of course you know you know and then you know the you know i think it's very interesting very interesting time in russia like you know people you know, are demonstrating and, you know, they're questioning, you know, uh, government uh, information. And I suppose, you know, it's always good to kind of look for evidence of, of things in, in, you know, and so, you know, I, I think it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, I hope, I hope, you know, I'm an optimist. I go to a coffee shop and the guy who runs the coffee shop says, go on, you know, the world go on for ages, but I hope, I hope it won't. I hope, you know, they think they, they've realized that, you know, everybody has more to gain by, you know, transitioning into peace talks, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it will stimulate something good uh, in the long run. And uh, one of the things they mentioned was that Europe will get closer together and get their, you know, sort of national army a little bit uh, more prepared for eventually, you know, in the future to be able to defend themselves better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of think in this day and age now that, you know, we we would not go back to kind of like us versus them, you know, zero sun gain wars, you know, like, I mean, this, you know, we live in a heavily, you know, globalized world now where products are shipped all over the world and we do trade with everybody. And, you know, I think, you know, this is one of the reasons why the European in economic community arose was because if you're if you're trading a lot with people you're much less likely to go to war with them because it's in yeah. you know you 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 are dependent on those people and i think that you know with globalization the world has been you know we we all are very you know reliant on other countries yeah. to live the lifestyle that we do and you know i suppose it's just about being you know pragmatic and unfair and you know giving giving people you know recognition you know i mean like yeah 
Yeah. Maybe we should maybe you should unite as a whole globe and say, look, we don't need these borders and we don't need these politicians to create tension between us. And maybe we should just look for some sort of a, a global solution for the future to have everybody cooperating and having some sort of treaty. Nobody's gonna attack anyone else and find some next level. What what came after Second World War was UN and then European Union, NATO, and it actually brought a lot of peace to these countries, obviously. Mm. And mm. so who knows, maybe there's, there's a, you know, there has to be more to it and more inclusive to countries. But I guess still there are countries run, run by dictators, you know, and that's the... Yeah, and, and, and then when you, you see the kind of appeasement, you know, remember, they were trying to appease, you know, Hitler in, you know, the the early days of the, you know, the Second World War. And it was completely, you know, the people who tried that then looked like fools retrospectively, you know. And, uh, you know, if you've got a, a crazy person, you've got a crazy person and, you know, you, you know, it's going to be difficult, but you're going to have to do something about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's a complicated situation. And, uh, you know, I think to be honest, I, I think that, you know, history plays into it an awful lot. Like I, I think it's no coincidence, for example, that peace broke out in Northern Ireland when UK was still part of the European union, you know, because we were the UK and the Republic of Ireland, you know, we're all part of, you know, the European union. So we were all kind of the same thing. And, everybody could like, like, you know, unionists could look at the situation and feel that they were still, you know, British and, you know, nationalists could see the situation and feel like that they're, they're you know, they're part of, of Ireland. And, you know, it's a perspective that was accommodating of both kind of political views. And that's, that's when peace took hold really, you know, and then when people get used to peace, they, you know, I think they're they're less likely to go back to war. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, interesting times. Unfortunately, we live in interesting times, you know, but at the same time then, you know, self-care yeah. is always, yeah. you know, important. You want uh, to make is, sure that you're going is, to be there at the end of it. And, you know. This is what we learned throughout the COVID those last two years really uh, now. And it's just really... You have to look after yourself, even though you have all day for yourself and, you know, like in, here in the government paid us to stay mm. home. So which was great that we were looked after and we realized that, you know, weight gain and mental health issue, uh, mm. mental issues uh, were also a problem. So that mm. ev eventually it boils down to how we look after ourselves, having a routine. You know, if you can yeah. be whole night watching movies and don't have to wake up for the for the work and you go sleep at 4, 4 a.m. and you're waking up at 2 p.m., how it messes you up. So I'd yeah. say it gave us an opportunity to, you know, sort of uh, to see ourselves in that sort of addictive behavior out of our rhythm and how unhealthy that was. So I'd say a lot yeah. of people now, and I'm extremely busy with clients, and I think people value more and more their health and how they feel, and not for the exercise just to lose weight, but mainly to have their own space and to mm. feel good, to feel empowered. So I see that as a change. So 
yeah, I'd say there's always something good coming out of a good crisis, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, as well with the COVID, people reassessed the the routine elements of their everyday lives. Um, and, you know, there was heightened anxiety. So, you know, the um, the relaxing effect of, of exercise was even more apparent than it would normally be. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the fact that it, it can make you you know, just relax and then your sleep would improve, you know, mm-hmm. as a result of that. I think all those things started to be even more important Yeah, you know what, than, uh, than ever before. I, 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 I'm watching YouTube maybe too much, but sometimes, you know, I watch geopolitics, I watch, watch all about what's going on, you know, different topics. And, you know, I remember at some point I, I felt kind of like down, like sad, you know, like mm. something is not right. I, I, I wasn't happy, you know, I was like, kind of, I wasn't really motivated to do anything. I was just like, kind of, hmm, where's my, you know, where's that feel? Well, the thing is, and, it was, and, there wasn't the old, the old adage that you are what you focus on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you and, and, you know, the gesture of it is also that, you know, in the, midst of that feeling kind of down and like not great i did a workout and i felt absolutely amazing after that workout i mm. felt like wow mm. some hormones some something changed in my body and mm. it's the same with the information you know like i'm pointing again to watching news how toxic it can be and you you know like yeah. these days yeah. on the on the news they show a bit too much you know uh, and and that kind of emotional well, the, impact, you know? The 24-hour 20, news cycle, do we really need it, to be honest? I mean, like, you know, I, I think I saw it very clearly. I, 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 you know, I lived in the States for a few years. Um, and when you, you, you move to the States, um, the, the media is even more intrusive. You know, you go to a restaurant, there's always TVs there, um, you know, like and you just you just can't get away from the news, um, you know. And it's, I think it's it's very important to you know, like what what I do is I read the newspapers once a week. But I you know I certainly don't wake up in the morning and instantly start looking at you know um, you know the latest from from the Ukraine. You know you know because that's a it's not going to help you and it's not going to help you know the people around you. You and know, there's a good I point think, that uh, you make that you read about it. You don't watch the the basically results of the terror of these attacks, you know? So I, I think that's a good point you're making. It's like, you don't have to be, every, you're not the general, you're not sending troops there yourself. You're not managing their action, reaction, def, action, de- defense. So ha- having that sort of a whole week of just not, a, you know, absorbing it and then get a, catch up yeah i think that's a very smart thing to do well you know i'd like you know obviously i think there's a responsibility on citizens to be informed and you know and to get kind of well-researched information you need to pay for it you know and i think um if you rely on media sources that are free you're probably subjected to more you know less objective information and probably not as well researched uh, information there's a, there's a saying uh, uh, if you don't pay for the product you are the product yeah 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 and i think you know sometimes a lot of this stuff you know i mean, even saw with the with the virus uh 
you know, the COVID was like, you know, there's well-meaning journalists, but clearly well out of their depth in terms of their specialized knowledge. Um, and, you know, then, you know, if you've got some poor pockets of journalism, then people start asking questions uh, that, you know, are based on, you know, poor journalism rather than on actual facts that, you know, scientists are producing new uh, ways of counteracting the virus. So, I, you know, I, th I think it's always, you know, when you're after a stressful period, it's always good to let your body rest. And I think, you know, um, we've just come out of COVID, so it's a good time to take some reflection. Um, well, hopefully coming out of COVID, it's kind of interesting the way... I wanted to ask you, know, you about it actually, because I stopped following yeah, I it mean, for around like a, a month now. So um, yeah. maybe even two months, I kind of stopped uh, really following and you recommended me dr john campbell and i've been following him for the, over one year and he helped me to understand how the whole pandemic worked and it is it's really you know non-biased uh, dog uh, professor yeah, yeah but he's got a he's got a humility to say well i don't know everything either yeah, you know yeah, he's not yeah. he's he's kind of like walking through the papers with you yeah Yeah, and yeah. discussing the facts. And I think that's some of the things that people are reacting to in mainstream media now is you're, you're constantly being told what to think as opposed to being privy to a discussion where people are laying out the facts in front of you and, you know, showing you how, you know, what, what they perceive to be true is true because look at, if you look at this fact and that fact and the other fact, and I, I think they, they're, mainstream media sometimes uh, underestimates the patience of people you know they want they want to understand things intimately uh rather than just get a, a summary you know this is what's happening uh you know i think people want to understand you know not only the interpretation but the you know the evidence for the interpretation of what's happening if you know what i mean Yeah. So I think this, you know, this is, for example, why Joe Rogan is so popular. You know, sometimes he's completely wrong or his guests are lunatics, but, you know, he kind of sits down and they at least articulate uh, a back and forth type of, of demeanor, you know, which is kind of like, you know, that it's kind of a back and forth, which is normal kind of human dialogue, you know, whereas, you know, I think a lot of the mainstream media stuff, it's kind of like, attack journalism where there's kind of a, a pre-meditated destination the journalist wants to bring the interviewer to uh, what i notice these days everybody's reading from teleprompters so it's like all pre-designed what they're gonna say and they just you can see how they are are staring into the one point and like slightly moving left right you know like a lot of them just reading the the, the script everything yeah. is being already I think, I think, cooked by someone for them Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it, it'd be nice to get a bit more back and forth. Like, you know, if you go back and look at conventional, like if you went back, for example, and looked at the Late Late Show from the 1970s, it, it's a lot more, there's a lot more listening going on, you know, people trying to, you know, understand each other's point of view. Uh, whereas now, I think the the, the, the main You know, it's it's all got a bit Jerry Springerish now, where you don't listen to the other party, and instead you're you're trying to sensationalize and titillate rather than than listen and learn, or you know, 
to 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 kind of grow with the other person it, through the conversation you know so we have mentioned a bit of covid there are there any updates is do you think it's going to be over soon here in ireland i heard uh, numbers are actually coming up uh, even young people children are hospitalized so how does yeah. it look like at the moment i mean i mean the, you know the, i think you know obviously the the individual risk has come down a lot as we've got kind of um more and more variants from the, from the virus's point of view should we say um it's better for the, the 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 virus overall if it doesn't incapacitate the host because then there's more transmission right so uh so that means you know, in 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 the, in the simple terms uh, the virus prefers not to kill its host well yeah it, like basically there's a selective pressure uh for a virus that you know would in would not incapacitate the host versus a you know because like if i got kind of um one of the earlier strains and i was sick you know for four months i'm not going to be outside the flat spreading the virus you know what i mean whereas if i you know if i get omicron now i'll probably have mild symptoms and i'll still go out and potentially you know i think the cases are going up now because uh, you know it's transmissible and people are going back to their day-to-day -day lives so i think it, it is completely forecastable that the number of cases would rise again because the world is normalizing to a degree um and but it would really you know the the key thing to keep uh, an eye on is the, the hospitalization rates and you know i think there's also the balance of you know people have been cooped up for two years and their health consequences to being cooped up for two years uh and it's relative risk you have to you know balance one risk off off another and uh i think you know now is the time to get back to normal interaction if we see the hospitalization rates go up again then we might have a change of plan but i i think no to be honest we've got we've got spring coming like the temperatures are getting warmer people yeah. are going to spend way more time outside um and i think you know normal human interaction is you know, it's what we all need, you know? Yeah. So you see, there were a couple of interesting um, aha moments for me when, when I got COVID, my wife didn't get it from me, even though we were in a close proximity. I had six clients on that day and two were indoors and nobody got it from me, which was interesting. And, you know, like I was vaccinated, double vaccinated, all of my clients are vac double vaccinated at that point. So I, I would presume that when I got the COVID because I wasn't sleeping well, I was working hard and somehow it got over me, but still my viral load was lower and the people's protection around me was high enough. So I wasn't, you know, even though I was with someone in the room for 45 minutes. Uh, well, they, you, you know, whatever. the thing is that... It, they were the ones doing the heavy breathing rather than you. True. So that might have helped. And, and obviously you know? I keep distance as well. I wouldn't be in somebody's face because I know there's a pandemic. So I keep way, um, way more distance from people. And I try to use, you know, like I, I try to avoid where I would go too close to someone. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, I've been back in the gym for like maybe six weeks now. Like I, I just usually trained at home. Um, Uh, but like over the last six weeks and back in the gym for like spin classes and stuff like that. And, you know, I think, um, you know, for me, the relative risk of, of catching 
COVID now is less than the risk of of not re-engaging with the, you know aspects of my life that I'd have parked for the last two years, you know. Even Dr. So, John Campbell, he said like perhaps now after the third vaccine coming to a spring, he said like maybe it's time to get exposed to it because the longer he's gonna wait, and he's in seventies, the longer he's gonna wait, the, his protection also gonna wear off a little bit. So that that's also something he mentioned. I find it interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's funny. Like um, after I got uh, my second uh, vaccine, I decided actually now would be a good time to to maybe be exposed to the virus and ended up going meeting a friend who had had COVID previously down in London. Um, you know, with the idea that like there's some, you know, you know, when you take the vaccine, you're, you know, you're, you're good for a certain period. And then the, you know, the, the vaccine vaccines effects starts to fade away sometimes. So how long is that? Um, a couple of months, like four or five, six months. Well, I suppose it depends. Like one of the things, if you've got a really good immune system, the memory cells will still be hanging around. So, mm -hmm. you know, you'll be able to eventually counteract anything that comes along. But, um, you know, it varies from people to people. Um, and th that that's one of the reasons why people don't give blank blanket statements. They can talk about, in general, you know, you're less likely to catch COVID if you're vaccinated. But, you know, there's... there's there's so many variables. We're all very different from each other. Um, uh, uh, you know, levels of fitness, genetic background, you know, like anxiety levels, all these things feed sleep, into, sleep patterns, you know, a great complicated. Lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, which again is like, you know, the stoic philosophy of control what you can't control because you have a finite amount of energy And if you waste your energy on things that you can't control, you're, you're, you know, you're just wasting your energy. You know, if, you, if you're worrying about things that you have absolutely no control over, you're taking energy away from that which you have control over, you know. So, you know, ruminating about war is something that, you know, is not really giving any practical you know, benefit to either you or the people around you, but, you know, staying informed as unless, a citizen and supporting, yeah. you know, the, the, the refugee efforts, you know, that's practical. And then you can also feel good about yourself that you're doing something practical to alleviate the situation, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. definitely put uh, people together, you know, whole, you know, whole world is, it's uh It's it's realizing what's happening and there's a, a huge amount of solidarity going on, which is great to see as well. Yeah, and there's there's, there's like a, a philosopher in Harvard called Steven Pinker, and he wrote uh, a book called uh, "The Better Angels of Our Nature," and he's like you know it's, it's kind of like very statistical kind of factual kind of chap, and you know he's really pointing out that you know humanity has. Has, has never displayed so much, you know, positive behaviors as it is now. And, you know, it's, it's a good, you know, you can look at the, the, you know, the absolute horror and revulsion that people had over, over Ukraine as being, you know, an extremely positive thing. People, you know, empathize with other people. They want to help other people. And, you know, the, I think, you know, that, that, that's really life affirming. 
you know? Like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, uh, you know, when I read that they had taken the old building at, you know, Dublin Airport and it now was a big refugee centre, it was kind of like, you know, it's coming up to St. Patrick's Day here and I'm an Irish guy in the UK, so I got, you know, I was saying that's really nice, you know, it's really nice when you're, you know, your countrymen and women are, are responding like that to, you know, a bunch of people. Like I was actually reading about it in the UK newspapers because the UK government were being castigated for not doing more for the Ukrainian refugees, you know? So I was kind of proud to be Irish you know, <laughs> reading that story, you know? Yeah, but, um, Irish, Irish people are very generous and, you know, they're great people. Well, you know, we're all the same, but you know, I suppose like uh, don't want to fall down the rabbit hole just because of St. Patrick's Day, thinking we're better than anybody <laughs> well, else. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was just nice to see, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And actually, like you know, for me, like, it was great, uh, you know, having St. Patrick's Day back. Did you like? Did you go out for? St. Patrick's Day, did you go out and do any socializing? Uh, I'm not too much into that. I was in the past just to go for a photo shoot, just to capture a couple of moments. And the last couple mm. of years, I lived in city center. So I was right there. So I went, yeah. I went there and, and the last few years, we didn't have it. You know, four yeah. years ago, we had snow on Paddy's Day. <laughs> yeah. And then there yeah. was a one year and then there was two years were cancelled because of COVID. So now I went for a trip. I was working and then when I finished, I'm like, beautiful sunny day. So I went for the long trip, cruising my car through the Wicklow Mountains to Wexford. That was my little space. I went for a yeah. run and walk into the forest on the beach. Yeah, I, th I think um, things are slightly, yeah. Uh, like for me, it was really nice that, you know, I could go out and socialize and, you know, be around people again. And, you know, uh, you know, it's good to see that, you know, the world is normalizing to a degree. Yeah. You know, I could go out and bore all these Scottish people over here about how great <laughs> Ireland is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Anyway, Stephen, um, do you have any last words? Any, any... Uh, any last words before you shoot me? <laughs> any, any ideas uh, we didn't cover? Anything just to point out or well the, the thing i would say is that like you know the, here we are two guys talking about topics such as cancer i mean if you should really talk to a specialist a doctor if you think you have a cancer risk or um need treatment of any sort like there's no point in listening to you know um Personal fitness trainer. instructors or scientists <laughs> when you need to be listening to an oncologist. Yeah. Um, but you know, what we're, I think what we're doing here is highlighting the factors that are preventative in getting cancer. And, you know, it's, it's all the stuff that you'll hear. Plenty it's a common on knowledge. Auto, well, yeah, just, you know, but it's, it's important to reestablish it because we, we can, we can know something in our brains, but not follow it out in practice. Um, you know, so you know, it's important that I suppose we keep it at the front of our minds, really, rather than, you know. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> All right, Stephen, thank you for sharing your uh, wisdom. As always, pleasure and chat to you soon. Take care. Bye.